I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Find us on clnsmedia.com-radio, 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcasts. I am Luke, joined this morning by Andrew. Oh my goodness, slam through. <laughs> and Taylor. Pass the dutchie on the left-hand side. Pass the dutchie on the left-hand side. Eh, 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 happy, eh. Four, happy 420, brothers. What? Uh, Jay is somewhere in the world. Golly, Jay. He's <laughs> on another trip halfway Jay, across the planet. Jay can't stand to be in Oklahoma for more than four days at a time. Every time, I, I'm crazy. like, Jay, where are you going this week? He just sends me a picture of himself in a big red trench coat and a big red hat. And he's like, you got to guess. Right. It's like he's by a big <laughs> national monument. Uh, he's seriously, I don't. I'm not even sure how he has a job because he is just traveling all the time. I don't even know how he pays for all of this. <laughs> Dude, I don't he's know. He's not either. even like he's not even the head pastor of his church. <laughs> okay. Uh the Thunder Exit interviews were yesterday. Uh I was there for everybody through Steven Adams. Did they make you sad? No, it was it was fairly interesting to be honest. And I did listen to Schroeder. I, listened, I stood in the back and listened to Schroeder, and I thought he was probably the most interesting of all because he kind of he gave some info about Billy that I don't think people have really said before. Have you? Did you listen to Schroeder's Taylor? Uh, no, I didn't see. I just saw people talking about Schroeder's. I only read the transcripts for Russ, PG, and Steve and Billy. Yeah. So he said that Billy probably takes too much input or he takes input from players and he said but that can go both ways like that can be helpful or not so helpful and so and he also said he didn't feel like they were playing together at all during the playoffs like he just he kind of like put it all out there which I thought was kind of good but you listen to like Paul and Russell talk about Billy and they're like, Oh yeah. Like we have a great relationship. He listens to what we say and it's just like, okay, I just, you have to wonder when that does become something that's not helpful to the team. So yeah. do you think Schroeder is subtweeting <clears throat> Russ, <clears throat> mainly Russ with that statement? I think he's subtweeting Billy. Just saying like Billy shouldn't, shouldn't, necessarily be doing that but are you but i think that means he's listening like who is he listening to that he shouldn't be listening to i think it means russ well yeah i mean it's obvious i mean russell russell's got the thunder by the balls right now so like of course it's russell but he also is like listening to everybody else too you know 
And I think that to me, if you're a coach, wouldn't you like want to have one message that's being sent to your players? Like, this is how we're going to play instead. Like I, I, and I, and, and maybe this is overblown, maybe a shooter. I don't know. Like this could, this could not be the case, but I do think that ultimately that could be a problem. And you, and you kind of heard it in two separate ways from Billy and Russell yesterday. I think it was Eric Horn that asked him about like having an open mid-range jump shot early in the shot clock and like what's your process when you take shots like that and Russell said there's no process I just shoot it. It's like okay, that sounds right. That's that's what we observed all season. Uh and then he asked Billy and Billy said like he thought that any open shot was a good shot. Which I I think that both of those reasons are reasons why they lost in the playoffs. I think Russell shot like 17% from the mid-range in the playoffs. Oh, my God. Man, when did that – that used to be like one of his dependable offensive moves. Yeah, he even called it the cotton shot. Yeah, the one at the corner of the free throw line. Yeah. He used to hit that automatically. It felt like to, it. It felt like it. He never really did, though. Well, but in this playoffs, it did not. It his, did not feel like it. His percentages were never very good. Um, but yeah, he was. He's obviously been even worse than that. But I'm going to look up that number real quick. Uh, you know, I think we were having a conversation before the pod on uh, you were talking about recording quality, and it said, "Do you want high quality or maximum quality?" Mm-hmm. And this is kind of that same issue is if Billy's okay with like, yeah, those are good shots and any open shot is a good shot. But with Russ, you can get a better shot. The, it's like if he has an open three, okay. But if there's a lane to go to the basket, that's a better shot. Yeah. Also shots are open in the NBA oftentimes because other yeah. teams want them to be open. Yeah. Do you think like how excited was Terry Stotts every time that Russell took one of those deep mid-range twos early in the shot clock? That's exactly oh. what they're wanting. That's exactly what all yep. these teams are wanting. Because not only is he taking a shot that he will probably miss, but he's not looking for at his teammates, and he's not getting anyone else involved either. They like completely knew Russ. That's the thing is Russ is so predictable. That they controlled Russ in that whole playoff series. <laughs> they controlled him. They controlled our point guard. He has a tell for when he's going to take a shot. Like it's you. Everybody knows what it yeah. is. It's when he's got the ball and he's standing in one spot for at least two seconds, and he's dribbling, yep. and you're just like, ah, oh, he's shooting this. One way or another, he's shooting this. You can feel the tension through the TV when he decides to not shoot it. Because his natural inclination is to shoot that if he's staying in one spot for two seconds. Yep. And you say to yourself, you watch, and you're like, oh, my God, he's going to shoot this. Please he's going to shoot please this. Don't, please don't. And then when it goes, when he dribbles away, you can, like, see his mind <laughs> in phys- like physically <laughs> representing itself. I don't know. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yes, it, yes. It's it like, feels like a glass dropped on the floor. You're just like – He's he has this internal battle that's happening yes. on live television. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, he shot sixteen point seven percent from ten to sixteen feet in the playoffs. 
Wow, that's pretty good. I feel like that's not very good. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's not good. He had never shot worse than 32% from mid-range from 10 to 16 feet in the playoffs. He also, um, from 0 to 3 feet, which is at the rim, also had a career low for the playoffs, which is only five games. Like, the sample size is extremely low. Like, I, I get that. But still, it matters. He was 45.9% at the rim, which is really bad, which is really bad. You shoot 45% on layups, your coach might say, hmm, I don't know if I want you shooting, <laughs> yeah. shooting layups anymore. His Dude, they previous, didn't have a- previous career low is 51 they didn't have a shot blocker on this team. No, they had Ennis Cantor. They had Ennis Cantor, and they had Zach Collins. Ennis Cantor, though, was good. He was good. He was good. And that was that was also very frustrating because he used to be on our team. He was on our team. And he, I don't feel like he played that He could play that well when he was on our team, and it was just... I don't know what they. I mean, they had to because he played well they didn't when he was have... on this team. He the the can't play can't like the can't play canter stuff is not every single night. Billy looked over at the assistant coaches and said, "We can't play canter." That it was not what happened. What happened was they played the Houston Rockets, who have James Harden, who's one of the most unique ball handling guards, scores in the history of the NBA. And yeah, you can't play canter against that guy. Like you just can't. They would have had a can't play canter moment if they played the Rockets in the first round. I mean, that would have happened. Yeah, with Portland, but with Russell, he doesn't present the same the same stuff. And this is something Eric Horn brought up, and I, I I agree, kind of, that Russell needs to develop like a floater game. Like he's he's right now he's either it's some kind of jump shot, catch and shoot, or trying to get to the rim and score. And none of those are particularly efficient at this point. And so if he could develop a floater game where he gets close enough and he's open that he can let that, let that go. And that's what, I mean, James did that. James Harden did that. And that's been a massive thing for them because people were able to kind of shut off the rim and shut off the three point line for him. And they're not going to take mid range, non paint twos. And so, that's something that he developed, and I, I think it would be helpful for Russell too, because that area of the floor is gonna be open, and if you can have some kind of floater, that's I think it's extremely helpful. But I, I don't know if Russell's the the kind of guy, though, that <laughs> will develop a floater, and if he did, it would clank off the back of the rim seventy five percent of the time. It feels like, dude, that's what I was gonna say. It was like one, Russell probably thinks floaters are for babies that oh. he rocks, and two. I think if he actually respected the floater and developed one, it would be so bad. I don't believe he would actually be good at floaters. I don't either. I feel I feel like they would just either just careen off the backboard or they just they're gonna. I can't. I can't even imagine him ta- like taking a floater. Actually, his floater you know would it's... be trying to jump as high as he can and just baseball throwing <laughs> it into the. Yeah. Back. You know, it's really funny that you bring this up because I was thinking – you said floater Russ, and I was thinking, oh, yeah, he's literally – I don't think I've ever seen him take one. He's never shot a floater. Yeah. I need to develop a floater game in the toilet. I got all sinkers. That's good. That's good though. Hey, guys, you know what I I want to talk about? 
anthem beer. No, you clearly want to talk about poop. So yep. you wanted to talk about poop. No, something I like more than that. Anthem Beer. Some of our favorite people at Anthem Brewing Company. These guys are the real deal. We're always talking about their incredible beer selection. Golden One, Arjuna, IPA, Ouroboros, Ryder Dipa. Some of the incredible one-of-a-kind beer creations you can only find at their brewery at 908 Southwest 4th Street in Oklahoma City. And I want to tell you about some of the things they are currently doing. They have just released their super fancy apple saison. It's new, incredibly tasty, a tart spring treat. It's good. I've had it. You have it. How was it? It was good. Taylor, did you have it? Was it the... Oh, yeah. I had a couple, baby. Was it the perfect compliment to a spring day? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was night, but yes. Ooh, a spring night. Um, they are available everywhere, <laughs> including at their tap room. Uh, so come by their tap room. They've got food trucks out there. They've got tasty beers. They've got rad new threads and apparel and super fancy apple saison. You've got to check it out. Um, they are the best we love them here at the Down to Dunk podcast. Support those that support us, and that means support Anthem Brewing Company. Hey, guys. Let's talk about some Twitter questions. Twitter questions! All right, our first Twitter question comes from T Bray 87 who wants to know, what was your biggest takeaway from the exit interviews in regards to to how the players view the upcoming preparation for next season. Do you get a sense they want changes, i.e. roster moves, coaching changes, or want to run it back? I mean, I don't know how you could listen to yesterday and think that they absolutely need a coaching change, absolutely want it. I I would guess that they would want to run it back to some extent. They're... I mean, there's going to be roster moves. Like, there's no way Nerlens Noel is coming back. There's like just no chance. Even like, I don't think Nerlens will get a big contract. I don't. I think that he showed every limitation that he has uh, as a center, and one of the huge ones is that he just is not good at catching the basketball. And so, I don't think that he's going to get a big deal. It'll probably be similar to what he's got right now, and I don't think he's going to come back to the Thunder. Um, but as far as like any changes that'll be made, uh, Schroeder did talk about how he talks to Victor Oladipo all the time, which makes me think like in his head is he thinking, I can be the next Victor Oladipo, like if they trade me somewhere, like I can go and be a star somewhere now because I've kind of seen how these two stars do it. Uh, so I kind of wonder about that if they're going to try to orchestrate something for him. Uh, I think the Paul George stuff is certainly concerning, and we all knew it was coming. I mean, like, mm-hmm. no one's going to be surprised whenever he has a successful surgery, you know, on Monday. I mean, there's nothing scheduled, and there's haven't, they haven't released anything, but he's going to have surgery, and it's going to happen relatively soon. And then he – someone asked if he'd be ready for training camp, and he basically said, I don't know. <laughs> so – if Dang. it is, and Tracy McGrady is speculated, speculated that um, it's his labrum, it's a torn labrum, 
And Bill, or not Billy, Bill, well, Billy or Paul wouldn't say what it was yesterday. And so we'll find out. If it is that, those can take four to six months to recover from. Whoa. That's a long time, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's why they went out in the first round. <laughs> they needed enough time. He needed he needed that extra month. He needed mail. Well, and what it, what I did think was good is that nobody used Paul's injury as an excuse yesterday, saying, like, oh, yeah. if we would have had Paul, we would have gone to the finals. Like, nobody said that. So I did think that was good because they should they, – I mean, they shouldn't have lost in the first round. They really shouldn't have. Um. But I do, I do find it to be an opportunity for them to change, and I think that we'll we'll see about Russell. I think that Russell is really the key to the rest of this run, and how he performs, and what he is able to cut out of his game, and what he's able to continue to do. I I think that he's the key to all of it, and I'm super skeptical that he's going to be somebody that's going to that he's going to be a guy that's going to change all that dramatically, which is, that's just a huge concern. But I will say, I thought it was interesting when he was talking about, they're asking what's, what's he going to work on the off season. And he said, or it's, I don't know, criticism. I can't remember the question, but he was basically talking about, you know, everyone used to call me a ball hog years ago. And like, that was my issue was I hogged the ball. I didn't pass the ball enough. And he was like, now, now I lead the league in assists two years in a row. I'm not a ball. No one's calling me a ball hog anymore, but now it's my shot. So now I, I'm going to go work on my shot, but you know, uh, and then I'll fix my shot and it'll be my left foot is bigger than my right foot or whatever. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a complicated answer that confused me. It gave like, <laughs> like <laughs> the thing is he's right. Like he is just a player that people are going to, it probably won't ever matter. People will find something about his game that they don't like because he's such an intense person. And if it's bad, it happens bad 10 times a game. But it also showed this kind of idea that, you know, uh, it's it's not really an issue with me. It's an issue with you guys or you guys just think it's an issue with me. And to me, that shows me I don't like I don't know how much of his own flaws he actually believes he has. Yeah. And that's honestly, it's. It's on Paul George, it's on Billy Donovan, it's on Sam Presti to have him see the light on those things. But it scares me when they talk about, you know, going back to Billy Donovan and how they like that he listens to them. Do they just like this coach because do they just like this coach because they're superstars and they like to control things? Man, I think that's part of it. He is a good coach. Like there's no question about yeah, he he's a good coach. But I also think that maybe that this has maybe swung in the wrong direction a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I think it plays to the like, why are they so so inconsistent? Well, maybe it's because he's listening to the players too much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hey, guys, let's you know move on. Those... Hold on. Taylor, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to bring up, there were some like Steve post-ups, and this happened a lot. But there were some Steve post-ups in this series that there was they would just give him the ball and Steve would look around to see like, okay, who's running around, who's moving? And no one would move. And Billy didn't do anything. 
He would just sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. And it's like those are the those are the points where a coach where it's hard for a player to argue with a coach like yelling at them to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why is he up and saying like if you're going to post Steve up, move around. Someone run, someone cut. I guarantee you they're doing that in practice. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just letting Steve take 15 seconds on the clock in practice. There's no way. <laughs> and that's where he like compared Schroeder compared Billy and Mike Budenholzer that like Mike Budenholzer has like oh, here's, here's the way we're going to play. And you're not going to tell me otherwise because this is the way I believe is the best way to play. Uh, there's no way that Billy Donovan was listening to like college kids saying like hey like how do you th- like what should we do like listening to his players because yeah. he didn't have any like superstar players it's just different in the NBA to the college game. And so I that's so weird to me that he's like listening and incorporating that and like probably doesn't know how much to listen and how much to do his own thing. But I, I just can't imagine that that was what he was coaching like when he was coaching college basketball. He wasn't coaching Russell Westbrook is, is, a one, is one thing. You know, I mean, Russell, and this may just be a Russell problem more than a Billy problem, you know, like this, that could definitely, and I don't know, I don't know where to draw the line there. I really don't. Uh, and it's something that if if Billy's going to stay, it's something that they've got to figure out. Because I, I don't know. Because we, I mean, there's evidence that Billy Donovan's a good basketball coach and knows the game really well. Um, there's also evidence that he hadn't got this team out of the first round in three years. So, is where where do we draw the line between like this is a Russell problem or a billy problem or it's like a russell with billy problem you know like i don't know i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't know how to separate that out hey guys let's move on to our next twitter question it comes from at caleb bennett okc who wants to know or says according to zach lowe russ was the worst pull-up jump shooter in the league if russ had zero pull-up jumpers how much would that have improved his field goal percentage? Uh, a lot. I, I'm not in favor of really any Russell Westbrook pull-up jumpers. I think some of the mid-range stuff is okay. Uh, I know he shot poorly in the in the playoffs, but I still think that that's got to be a part of his game. But pull-up threes like need they need to go away. They are a problem for this team. So I'm I'm in all, all in favor of him trying to get to the rim, taking a mid-range jump shot at times and then only catch and shoot from 3. That's I think that that makes the most sense. I don't I mean, he's going to take some off the dribble threes, but I mean, if you can cut those out for the most part and you're instead giving like a spot up jump shot to Terrence Ferguson or Jeremy Grant or letting Paul George take those shots or giving those to Steven. Like how much more efficient is your offense going to be? I would say quite a bit more. Like it's just, to me, it's rather simple. Yeah, I agree. And it's just like other teams can't scheme into, uh, you know, if you just refuse to take those shots, then then you 
have the advantage when they lay off of you trying to get you to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like all Russ has to do to take back the power in them urging him to shoot is by not shooting and dribbling the ball or passing it somewhere else. When they're laying or, off or you, like you gotta attacking. move it. You got to move yeah, it and you, you, then you got to move. You got to move it, and then, the, move the ball, and move, move yourself. And then you know what? You probably win and you will probably find a hole in their defense because their defense was lay off of you yes. to make you shoot. If you don't do that, now they have to figure something out. Right. Hey guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Bala K Vela Gapudi, and I apologize no, that's to. Good. No, that's right. Okay, uh, cool. You got that exactly right. He wants to know: Don't you think people slash reporters going overboard with Russ criticism? He was a league MVP and multiple All NBA teamer for crying out loud. Sure, he does have flaws, but so does everyone. People need to relax and enjoy. The playoffs. The, the the thing with Russ is like he can't do anything without it being really loud. You know? Yeah. His mistakes are loud. His misses are loud. Farts loud. Like you just can't farts incredibly <laughs> loud. It's incredibly rude yesterday with his with his toots. No, I mean I I get it. I totally get it, but he brings to me, he brings a lot of it on himself to where is the criticism too much? Yes, it is. Like it's, 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 it does get to a crazy point. Um, but at the same time, he has it within his power, in my opinion, to not have all of this happen. You know, he doesn't have to treat the media the way he does. I think that's a huge a huge piece of the pie is the way that he treats people off the court. Um, and then he has it within his power not to take bad jump shots. And honestly, if he would fix both of those things, if he would treat the media like he did yesterday every time, I think some of this would start to fizzle out. And if he would stop taking so many pull-up contested jump shots, I think it would start to fizzle out too because he does do a lot of great things. He's the greatest rebounding guard in the history of the game. He's a great passer. He can get to the rim, and he scored with more efficiency than he has in his whole career at the rim. So I think that if he can cut those things out, get his teammates involved, like he has it within his power to turn this narrative. Because right now everybody's like, well, is he the worst contract in the NBA and next to John Wall? I believe he is. And luxury tax and all the things. And it's like, yeah, okay, great. And I don't, I have nothing else to say to you because like, a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted. And is he declining athletically? Sure. Is he declined so much that he can't be an ineffective player anymore? No, he's going to make the All-NBA team. He's going to be on the All-NBA team. And so, of course he's awesome. According to most reporters, he's one of the best 15 players in the NBA. Like, that's pretty darn good. Most teams would... Like the Orlando Magic and the the Charlotte Hornets and all these teams would just be elated to have one of those guys on their team. The Thunder have two, and one of them is Russell, who is criticized like crazy. And to me, it's all in his hands. Like, what what does he want? And he he acts like he doesn't care. He acts like he doesn't listen. 
That's a part of his persona. He obviously listens. He would he acted he would say yesterday that he doesn't really pay attention to outside noise, but then he would also like say something that indicates like he very much listens to outside noise. Right. Like that right. happened several times. And who wouldn't listen like who couldn't listen to that? Like if you knew that like these things were happening, one, wife's probably gonna tell you about it, your brother's probably gonna tell you about it, your mom's probably gonna tell you about it, your dad's probably gonna tell you about it. You know? Like even if you're trying to shut it all off. Like, it's going to seep in somehow. Like, did you hear what Skip Bayless said today about you? Or did you hear what Vincent Goodwill wrote about you? You know, I mean, that's going to get to you at some point, especially when well, it's that's, like super extreme. Isn't that why he treats the media the way he does? Is because of how he feels like the media have treated him. And, it, and yeah, now think, he feels I think like... So. I think you're right. Because I don't remember early in his career this being a thing. But I do remember it start to happen... When, you know, he was getting better and then the narrative was he's taking all of KD's shots and then he and then some video clips started to come up and KD had to say something and stick up for him and and whatever. But like this has gotten worse and worse every year. Yeah. And I think that it's because he doesn't trust anybody now. I think he's like, it doesn't matter what I do. You guys are going to, you know, write about how I'm bad at something anyway. He 100% believes that, and it, and it is true to an extent. It's yeah. There there are definitely some writers on major news outlets that were very excited when Russell Westbrook lost in the way that he did, so that they could write about it. And mm-hmm. if they somehow make it to the conference finals next season, which is not impossible, <laughs> despite what we've seen this year, it's not impossible. There will be people looking for ways to tear him down. Like, there's just no question about it. And so, yeah, he's not – and some of it's self-inflicted, and I feel like a lot of it is, but it, it it's tough. It goes both ways. That I think he is being treated unfairly in some respects, and then I think that he brings it on himself too. So it's hard to – that's also another thing to me that's hard to, like, draw the line on. Yeah. You know, I – and. The more I think about it, the more and more I kind of am okay with how Russ treats the media. My reason being, it's like, how come it's always up to the star to treat the other people like humans? But since they're the star, like, um, I don't know. We don't, there's no expectation to treat them like a human. And I think Russ just wants to be treated like a human being. Yeah, I think the... The problem is whenever there are people that treat him unfairly, but then he he doesn't really have the ability to like say like Royce has always been very fair to me, and I'm always going to treat him with respect. Like that's not always been the case. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like all white people look the same, so he may just not know. <laughs> so he's got to just be mean to everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Like yes, that, like, I know what you mean. Like when Howard Beck comes in, who has always been very unfair to Russell Westbrook, you know, like, yeah, you can be a butthead to him. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But even, like, every reporter at some point is going to criticize him for, you know, even if he's you, – because you can always be doing something better. And I think that Russ interprets any criticism as – almost a personal attack and so then 
treats them and, and remembers and doesn't forget that they have done that and then holds it against them. Like whatever Barry Trammell's done, it's not something that he said one day. It's like that he said, you know, two years ago and he <laughs> remembers it and he's not going to forget it and it is always going to color their interactions. He's such a personal per- – ev- literally everything in Russell's life is 100% personal. Yeah. There is no bi- – it's not business. You know what I mean? It's all right. personal. <clears throat> that's where That's where I'm just like there's, – there's not a lot of Oklahoma City outlets that, have, that are unfair to him, you know? Yeah. I, I mean trust me. There is a lot of information out there that – that is that has not been put out there by yeah. a lot of people that it it could look a lot worse for him but out of respect for him they don't do it mhm and so to me a lot again back back to i think that a lot of this stuff is self-inflicted i however i do think that uh from the question when uh uh at bala asked said that people need to relax and enjoy the playoffs. I do agree with that in that when I feel like there are some Oklahoma city fans that when we lose and when we like are down three to one in a playoff, we're like, okay, some, there are some fans are like, all right, time to get on twitter.com and be a total butthole to (laughs) everyone. And it's just like, I don't, and we've seen that a lot this week in that I don't get it that people are like, Our team couldn't put the round thing in the circle, and so now I'm a bad person. Like, I don't get that and why people need to do that. It it doesn't help anyone, and it makes our whole fan base look like – look horrible. Yeah, that's just the nature of the internet and – Pro sports, but the thing I don't like people being upset about it. Sure, like you should, you if you feel disappointed, like you should feel disappointed, like they underperformed, of course. But the people that are like, I'm denouncing my Thunder fandom once and for all here on the internet for all to see. I want you to try to stop me, but I'm going to type this and enter it now. Like that's that stuff. I'm just like, all right, dude, like. If that's how you're going to, like, here's the thing. Like, this Thunder team, this Thunder fan base is probably the most spoiled fan base in the NBA right now. Because, like, all the, every other team in the league has been around long enough to experience ups and downs. Or they've been around long enough to just experience downs. You know? Like, the Charlotte franchise has experienced, like, little to no success. Taylor? Taylor's being attacked by a dog. <laughs> can you hear that? Yes, of course we can hear that. You're being mauled. Here you go. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> They're not saying it. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'll mute it. They're fighting. This like there's many franchises that have like basically only experienced heartbreak. And like the Thunder, like, we don't get to the second round, like everybody's crying like a baby. It's like there's, I'm sorry, but this has gone very well. Like, this whole run has gone very well. Should this year have got, been better? Yes. 
But the whole, like, I'm denouncing my Thunder fandom because I'm so spoiled and they didn't get to the second round this year. Like, give me a break. And like, it get can, out of here. It can get so much worse. Yeah, it could be way worse than this. Like, <laughs> give me a break. Like, they could have been in the eighth seed and gotten swept by the Warriors. And, like, to me, the only reason the Warriors haven't swept the Clippers is because the Clippers, there's nothing, there's nobody on that team to fire them up. If there was Russell Westbrook and Paul George on the other side, they would have beat them. They would have beat them in four games. There's just no question in my mind about that. Uh, but man, I just like if if you're somebody that's denouncing your Thunder fandom and also listening to this podcast, which is maybe a very strange combination of things to do. Like, stop, stop it. Like, that's it's a it's a stupid, stupid look. So just. You know, like, you can be disappointed. Yeah, you can be frustrated with your team. You can say, like, I really want these changes to be made. You can even say I want them to trade Russell Westbrook. Fine, like, whatever. But to go from, like, loving, I love my NBA team, to, like, I'm denouncing them because of a playoff run that I was disappointed in. Like, all right, give me a break. All right, guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Cashy underscore AU. Who wants to know who plays starting shooting guard next year, Ferg or Dre? Uh, I think it's Terrence Ferguson. Does anybody have a disagreement? I do not disagree. Taylor? The dogs killed him. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, mic was muted because my dogs are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, get off of him, Teddy! No, that's your brother. Turn your game down a little bit. We don't bit, love. Dude. We don't love brother like that. Turn it down or up? Down. <laughs> Good God! I think I was just too close to the mic. Okay, Ferg or Dre? Who starts next year? Taylor. Uh, Ferg's gonna start. Yeah. I. Dre's w- never gonna play again. What percentage do you think that Dre comes back? Because I, I'm just. I'm a little. Cons- I'm a little concerned. I think he comes back. A hundred percent, he comes back. No, 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 no. I mean, like, at what percentage does he come back? Does he come back eighty percent of what he was, ninety percent of what he was, a hundred percent of what he was? Not do- like, is he going to come back or not? It's a shot and in the dark. That, it's a shot in the dark, and that fool didn't have much to work with to begin with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. All right, stop. God, that's come on. That is not a good take. But I am. Good take is he was a really good defender. Okay, all right. I don't have time for this. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) hey, let's move on to our next. I wanted to talk about Ferg, man. Talk talk about him. Uh, There was a lot of Ferguson talk yesterday at exit interviews, and there's a lot of these vets that have an extreme belief in Ferguson and what he can be and what he's going to be next season and you know Ram Felson who doesn't have a contract for next year said that he plans to be working out with him and helping him with ball handling and teaching him how to run a pick and roll and stuff like that which I think is honestly that that will define the ceiling of Terrence ultimately is if he can shoot pass and dribble like, we're talking about a guy that could really, really help this team next year and really change the dynamic of what the offense looks like. Uh, I don't know if that will happen. He's a, He's got a long, long way to go. Um, but I do think that, that Terrence is is something, like if we were talking about just, like, quote-unquote, running it back, that that's he's, – he's a player that could change dramatically over the summer. 
He's going in from his second to third year. He had his first year of really playing in the NBA. Uh, I think that this is a huge opportunity for him. And if he can take advantage of it, he'll, um, I assume he'll play summer league again and they'll give him the, he'll be like the primary ball handler in summer league, which I think last year it looked awful and he was really bad. And if he can improve from being very bad to like being okay, like I think that like he's on his way to being a guy that can put the ball on the floor more. But, um, to me, that that's a huge, huge thing for Terrence. If he's just catch and shoot and defense, and he gets better at both of those things, that's still great. That's still a guy that you want. But people always ask, like, what's the ceiling of this guy? I think that it will be defined by his ability to put the ball on the floor and make a good choice. So, yeah, totally agree. Hey guys, let's I move absolutely on. have nothing. Let's move on to our next Twitter I have question. Nothing to add. Yep, let's move on to our next Twitter to question. That. It comes from at Ben Elephant that. King, who wants to know what are you going to do with all your free nights now that the pesky basketball season is over? Oh, man. I told my wife the other night, or no, it happened yesterday. Uh, we went to eat a late dinner, and Spurs and Nuggets was on TV, and I was like, oh, this is what it's like to watch basketball when you don't have a team to like put in context of every basketball game you watch. You know what I mean? And now what I'm going to do is enjoy my life, man. Now we got four summers off. I mean, four, four Four months off. off. And, uh, yeah, they're not making the playoffs for at least four more years. It's going to be awesome. Taylor, can I ask a late dinner? What time, what time was that dinner? Uh, nine, probably. Nice. Nine. That is so late. Dude, I don't even call well, that. We work, we work late. She works late, and we're late workers. I don't know if you can call that dinner. I'd call that dinner. I'd call that fourth meal almost. And then you know what I did? Yeah. Came home. And then you know what we did after that? Oh, my God. Hey. hey. And then I watched Murder Mountain. You guys ever watched Murder Mountain? <laughs> no. no. Hey, what time did you eat lunch <laughs> that day? Like two, probably. What's wrong with you? Man, your days are all confused, man. Dude, you're getting your days and nights confused like my baby. <laughs> day and night. <laughs> What's happening with your baby? I'm just joking. Um, he thinks daytime is the night. <laughs> Andrew, what are you going to do with your your free nights God, now I'm, that... I'm hoping to sleep more. Oh, please. That's, what I'm, that's my hope in life right now is to just sleep more. So, how, ma- how many hours of sleep per week do you think you're getting? Let's know. see. Normal would be fifty-six hours. That would be eight hours a night. Oh, I don't. I mean, probably six is probably like where I top out every night. The amount of sleep I get every night, six hours. So between That's, four, between four and six hours a night. Oh, see, I bet the days when you get six, six is like kind of my minimum. <laughs> like if I don't <laughs> I get six, if I don't get six, I'm such a b-word. Yeah. And my stomach's upset. Oh, my whole my body doesn't even work right. But for you, if you get six, I bet you feel like dude. I feel like that's a million when you knock bucks. out. Oh, that's man. when you knock out five podcasts, dude. I can conquer the world with six hours of sleep. Oh yeah, guys. <laughs> n- now that I have free nights, I can just fill it with more professional wrestling. That's Kill. good. Very exciting. I'll be watching the playoffs. Andrew, you need to start watching some professional wrestling. Give it a go. 
I'll let, I'll send you something. Okay. And then we'll uh, then our pod will slowly change and we'll lose all our fans. It'll be great. <laughs> hey guys, let's move on to our uh, one final question. But before that, one more Twitter question. It is from at Bangelo, who wants to know which is better, Skittles or Starbursts. There is no question in my mind the answer to this. Well, go ahead then. Starbursts. Hmm. I went to see Avengers Endgame last night. Yeah. I normally get Starburst minis. I got a bag of Skittles instead. Not as good. Uh, you know, so you're getting the minis that are already unwrapped in the... Yes, okay. but still, that's just at the movies. Yeah. At normally, I go wrapped Starburst. Yeah. Um, I would probably say Skittles. I probably enjoy Skittles a little bit more. It's a lot of paper with Starburst. It's a lot of paper with the traditional Starburst. A ton of trash. Yeah. A lot of trash. Uh, I prefer Skittles because I'm a man of the environment. <laughs> okay. What Taylor? do you mean? Taylor, solve, solve this for us. Are you, are you team Starburst or team Skittles? Skittles, dude. And you just get the bag, you pour half the bag in your mouth. Skittles is a – that's a two-mouthful candy right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just have the Skittle wad. But you're you're chewing for so long with that much Skittles in your mouth. It's delicious. Like I was I watching my great. movie and I put too many in my mouth at one time, and then like the next twenty minutes I was chewing. It's a. Bl- I know it's cool. It's such a blessing. No. And you know it doesn't fade the whole time you're chewing. The flavor. F- flavor. Yeah. You're in Flavor Town for twenty solid minutes on two mouthfuls. That's efficiency. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Starburst is better, and it's probably because you guys aren't eating them right. You eat the red and the yellow Starburst at one time. Hmm. And that is that that's is right. Good. The the mix of flavors mm-hmm. is perfection. I'll tell you what. I don't know what it is about Starburst. Every time I eat Starburst, my mouth floods with saliva. And I'm just drooling. I I don't drool in any other point. I don't. It must be a chemical reaction. It must be something because it's crazy. It's like, it's like I'm crying out of my mouth. Because it's so good. I don't know why. I'm I not need to thinking see this in like, action next time that you're. Dude, town. it's weird. It's weird, man. My mouth is flooding. The with other, saliva. the other issues. You probably guys are having hard starburst. Hard, too hard starburst are bad. You need them. You need them fresh out the factory. Soft. It's true. That's a hundred percent true. They do harden. Yeah, the, they harden rather quickly. You just gotta. You gotta eat them. What's gotta, the candy that's like starburst? Could you heat? It's them always up? hard. I don't think you can heat up starburst. What Taylor? What was that? What's the candy that's like starburst, but they're always hard? Like now that. And later? Yeah, now yeah, later. Now and later sucks. Yeah. Later. I don't want you now or later. <laughs> Seriously. It now and later. I mean that takes an hour to eat one. And they're horrible. They send all the bad starbursts <laughs> over to the now and later factory. And then, then they wait they age them like wine. It's it's like, would you like a Starburst, but it just be nearly impossible to eat. That's and an you don't later. even get the you don't even get the flavor satisfaction. That's right. It's it there's is. like no umami flavor. I mean, it's gonna take to eat one Starburst versus to eat one now and later. The time it's it's gonna take you like twenty times as long. However, properly named. True. True. You're eating them if you put one in your mouth. You're eating it now, and you're eating it later. Yeah. One. 
can't fault them for that. It's a great name. Hey, guys, I got one more question for you. But before that, I want to talk about Oklahoma Shirt Company. They are great. They've got their Shirt of the Month Club. $10 gets you an Oklahoma-themed shirt every month. Just for signing up, you get a free introductory shirt. Um, If you've seen a cool Oklahoma shirt out and about in your life, odds are it's an Oklahoma Shirt of the Month Club. And they also have other state Shirt of the Month clubs, Kansas, Texas, Missouri, others that Jay is really good about remembering that I'm not as good about. Idaho, Utah, Weedaho. Uh-huh. I love my Weedaho shirt that I get monthly. If you got a special event, they can make special shirts for you and help you create the logo. If you're not good at creating you, – you have something in your mind, but you're not good at graphic design. they got people there. That will help you create them. Whenever we've made down-to-dunk shirts, we always go through Oklahoma Shirt Company. Bing, bing. Because they're the best. Bing, bing. They support us. And support those bing, bing. that support us. Oklahoma Shirt Company, they're the best. Hey, guys, I got one final question for you. And it is this. Sorry, maternity prepped. Miff, 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 miffed and peeved. Hey, Taylor, you miffed or you miffed? I am G and bead, my brothers. Let me tell you about something called Quick Trip Pizza Slices. Yeah. Have you guys been to a Quick Trip? Yeah, I've been to a Quick Trip. It's there in Tulsa. Okay, do you ever do you ever get their pizza slices? No. Is that where you had the, your Is that where you had your nine o'clock dinner the other night? No, it's where I'm having. It's where I have breakfast virtually every day. Now listen, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. You go there, you get a Quick Trip pizza slice. It's pretty good, and it's a pretty good sized pizza slice too. Then they have a bar of like all these condiments. So they have like hot sauce, sriracha ranch, normal ranch, chipotle ranch, <laughs> barbecue sauce. Dude, name name a condiment. They got it. Go ahead, name it. Mustard. Name one. They got it, dude. Mayonnaise. And then they have they have mayonnaise. They have like three, four different kinds of mayonnaise. <laughs> and then including chipotle mayonnaise. <laughs> and they have like so this is what I do. I get a pizza, squirt that hot sauce all over it, dude. It's good hot sauce too. And then listen squirt. to this. Oh, well, they're in those squirt bottles. You know those really ones gross. that like you have to squirt kind of hard and then all of a sudden it just gushes out. Yeah. All of, so you have to be yeah. really quick. You got to move that sauce just has sat on a table for like weeks. Yep. I know the kind. Yep, exactly. And so then they have the crunchy uh, like fried onions. This yeah. is kind of weird, but I did it yesterday. So I squirt ranch, I squirt hot sauce on it, and then I sprinkle oh fried onions on it. <laughs> what is this? What time of day are you eating this? This is your breakfast? <laughs> yeah, but but breakfast is happening at like 11. God, your, so it's your like, meals are so off. I have a question for you. You're putting all this hot sauce. You're eating this this pizza, gas station pizza at 11. It's good. I don't know. Quick Trip is technically a gas station, but it is gourmet. What is your uh, 3.34 o'clock looking like every day? Because <laughs> of hot Not sauce? Not bad. Yeah. Not bad, but I, I, but I think it's because I put hot sauce in everything. Yeah. I mean, basically everything has to be spicy. So, yeah. I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, yeah. A quick, 
quick uh, aside on the mayonnaise, I had a marketing professor that tried to explain to us how to market something for a good two weeks, and he called it mayonnaise, and we didn't know what he was talking about for two full weeks. And then finally somebody just blurts out, he means mayonnaise. <laughs> and everybody's just like, oh, my goodness. Because he's like, say you got some mayonnaise. We're like, mayonnaise. Mayon- what is he saying? Is he talking about his niece? Like, what is happening here? Like, nobody knew. For it was, <clears throat> it was a cool minute before anybody could figure that out. <laughs> uh Andrew, are you miffed? Are you piffed? Yeah, there's this there's this lady. So I was at the the Home Depot and somebody they took I did this survey about water quality or whatever. And I thought I would never hear back from them. And then they called me and like, Hey, you want a twenty dollar Home Depot gift card because you did the water quality survey. So I go, Oh sweet. Like, well, but somebody's gonna come to your house and test your water quality. Okay, fine. <laughs> came over it took 45 minutes they basically paid me so this lady could come over and do a water quality test tell me how horrible my water is tell me that it's it it is killing my family and then say that i need to pay eight grand to fix it i'm like can i just have the 20 dollar gift card please i just I don't want to do this you know what you do take that 20 dollar gift card go buy bread huh? and then you're set <laughs> you don't have any issues she, she said those water filters aren't any good you know what she is? A liar. She yeah. obviously has an interest in this. It's like when yeah, man. Like cause she can't be trusted. She's not impartial. I know. She's she's that getting really she wants that eight like grand. This is why I'm. Mixed. What was she gonna do? What was what were you gonna pay eight grand for her to do? To basically have this crazy filter for every drop of water that runs through my pipes. Which sounds what like, a crock. Sounds like a weird euphemism. Huh. Guys, I'm not cool. lifting pit. I think we're good. We're good. We're good. Hey, we'll do trade machines with uh, Alex. I need to I need to get some more ideas. Some fresh ideas. Hey guys, send your ideas in to Andrew for trade for men to take to the trade machine. I got one. You ready? Yeah. Steven Adams for Kevin Love. Never heard that one. Ha <laughs> ha Gotcha! <laughs> yeah!